Hey everyone, this is Rabbi Brian. If these podcasts have been a blessing to you, will you please consider being a blessing to the nation of Haiti? Mishkan David supports two works of the Lord in Haiti. First is our orphanage, Beth Besed, which means House of Kindness, where 40 children are cared for each day, both spiritually and physically. And of course, there's our own Rabbi Peter Oliveira, who's setting Haiti ablaze by restoring it back to Yeshua, restoring it back to Torah, and to the Jewish roots of our faith in Messiah. Listen, to learn more, please visit www.torahforhaiti.org. That's T-O-R-A-H, number four, Haiti.org. There you can give a tax-deductible financial blessing and sponsor a child for only $20 a month. Hey, thanks for considering, and may Adonai bless you. Enjoy this podcast, which was recorded at our Mishkan David Shabbat service in Rhode Island. Shalom. Thank you. I love that prayer. May, 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 God, may God speak to us and may we receive what he has for us at every age. I mean, just because in Judaism there's a bar and bat mitzvah at 13 doesn't mean that God doesn't have anything for you at 12 and 11 and 10 and, and 9 and 14 and 15 and 115. And may we receive what he has for us wherever we are. I'm thankful for that word that just came forth from Jay. It actually fits right in what is on my heart to share today. Um, most of you know that um, that my, my Clark Kent job, as if I'm really like Superman, but <laughs> let's close in prayer. <laughs> I didn't pay her anything to say that. Can you believe it? You're my Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. We're definitely closing service early today. I don't remember what I was going to share. Hallelujah. May, <laughs> may the Lord speak to us at every stage of, of, our, of, our, of our marriages as well. May the Lord speak, speak to us in the beginnings of, of marriage, and I speak over married couples right now. May the Lord speak to you, with not just when you first get married, but in year one, year two, year three, year 50. And may you always be ready to receive what he has for you in that year as a married couple. I speak blessing over every married couple here today. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, I speak life over your marriages. Thank you, Lord. So in my... Uh, Clark Kent job. <laughs> I don't work at the Daily Bugle. No, wait, that's Spider-Man, right? <laughs> where did he work? The, 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 the North Smithfield Gazette? What was, where, where does Superman work? Where? Daily Planet! So in, in my Daily Planet walk, I'm a project manager at Citizens Bank. And um, I think a lot of people know that, but not a lot of people know what in the world a project manager actually is. Uh, a project manager, from my perspective, if I was to put it into a simple phrase, it's the science of, of getting stuff done. It's if you have something to do, something to accomplish, a project, something to build, it's anything, something to, something to do, and there are steps to get there, project management is the science to make sure you get there. Because when you have a goal and you have an objective, sometimes it takes a lot of people to get it done. 
there's a handoff. So this person's done. Now you got to hand off to this person. Like think of building a house. You know, you can't. The painter's got to wait for the drywall, or the drywaller's got to wait for the stud. The stud. Am I your stud? Yes. Okay. Good. You know what I'm saying? So there's hand up, but what if the stud guy is late? What if the stud guy has problems? What if the wood is not, uh, you know, there's problems with it? You know, so then the project manager has to make sure things stay on schedule, stay on budget, deal with issues, make sure the handoffs go okay. It's managing the whole thing. It's the art and science of getting stuff done, of getting to the goal. And that's one thing I love about it. As much as I can relate, you're like, I just want to leave the job and be a full-time rabbi so I could be Superman all day and climb buildings. No, that was wrong again, right? Nuts. <laughs> so, um, I, I, love, I love project management because the way I see it, every step that you do along the, the, the steps of the project is a step forward, and it's a step towards the goal. And I see the Lord in that because our lives are like that. As much as we may think that we're not moving, we are moving. As much as we think that we, we, we're, heading towards a, we, we're not heading towards any goal, oh, we're heading towards a goal. The Lord has us moving. And everything that seems like a setback or a fallback or, what's the word when somebody sins? You've backs, a backslide. Even the backslides are steps forward in the, in the, in the realm of the kingdom. Here we lost a bit of Rabbi Brian's audio as we changed batteries on the wireless mic. But he began to speak about how these setbacks applied also to the story of Israel as they were in the desert. We'll pick up from there. Thank you. The beautiful thing about their journey is that it wasn't all just walking. There was times of movement and there was times of rest. And very often we look at times of rest in our lives as if we are not moving. But that's not the case. The times that he has us still are not times of stagnation. They are times of preparation. He is preparing you for the next movement. I love how in this Torah portion we see, now we're used to our shofars, we're used to, we're used to our shofars, but in this Torah portion we learn a different type of trumpet, which we don't have here today. I went to Walmart to see if I could buy one, but they didn't have one. But it's a silver trumpet, and the silver trumpets had different, different functions. If the priest blew it once, one long blow, the elders would come forward. If both trumpets blew, the whole congregation would come and assemble around the tent of meeting. If they did a teruah, boop, 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 then the east, the people that were uh, on the east side of the tabernacle, this is east, would start to depart. He would do the trumpet again, and the south would start to depart. He would do that trumpet sound again, and then the, the middle part, the, the Levites would depart. And then the, um, the west and then the north, and they, they knew what to do when they heard the sound of God. Because when God speaks and he says, move, it is time to move now. And it's actually exactly what Paul was referring to in, when he was talking about 
tongues and the gift of tongues. And he said that, how, how will we know what, what, if you don't understand what the t- sounds the trumpet is making? How will you even know? How would you know how to prepare for war? That actually comes from this Torah portion. Because there was another sound of the silver trumpet which prepared for war. But what this means is that there are times that the trumpet is simply not sounding and you just have to s- stay there. But God is faithful. The time for the trumpet sound is coming. Which means that there is a time of our rest and there is a time where in spirit in the heavens he is sounding a trumpet and he's saying it's time to move. And what I love about the journeys of the Israelites in the wilderness is that nothing was a waste. It may seem like a long time to waste. It seems like a long time to just wait in a hot desert eating just manna. But every stopping point was preparation for the next. And every stopping point after was preparation for the next. So if you feel in your life that you're just, you don't know where you're going, you don't, this guy, I, I just feel like I'm in the same place, you're not stagnating, you are being prepared. It is not stagnation, it is preparation. God is preparing you where you are. And just as we need to receive as children what he has for us in year one, year two, year three, I say receive what he has for you right where you are. He's the God who was, who is, and who is to come. And the crazy thing about that, this has been said before by Rabbi Peter once, because Susie always makes sure I give props to the people who say it originally, because equal weights and measures is like her life verse. Her second life verse is I'm her Superman, (laughs) starting today. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm distracted. Where was I going? What was I saying just before that? Who was listening? Rest. So the God who was, who is, and who is to come. You know, we love the God who was because we read about him in Scripture. We love to read about the God who was because we see what he's done already. We, can, we love the God who was when we look back at what he's done even in our lives. We love the God who is to come. Because we read scripture and we see what's going to happen when the Messiah comes back and and the the lion and the the wolf and the lamb will dwell together and and all these incredible promises that are going to happen when the Messiah returns. So we love the God who was. We love the God who is to come. But the God who is today, what he's speaking to you now, when you're one or two or three or 50, what he's speaking to you today, the God who is Right now, we don't hear very clearly. We don't, we don't recognize. And this is the way it's always been in Scripture. That's why they didn't recognize Moses. They, they rejected him first, and then they accepted him. This is why they rejected Yeshua when he was around. When the God who is he's, he's here right now, today, is in front of your face, we reject him. So I charge you, in your place of rest, if you are in a place of movement, Baruch Hashem, you know, sometimes the movement times are, are, is really more of the act of faith. But if you're in a time of rest and a time of, of, of seemingly being still, listen to the God who is today. Because he has something for you right where you are, preparation for where he's taking you to. I mean, Yeshua was, how old was he when he started? 30-something or other, right? It's interesting in this Torah portion, it says the Levites start at the age of 30. I don't know if there's a connection there, but it's interesting. So what was he doing before that? He was being prepared. 
after he was, uh, he was uh, immersed by, by John the Baptist, where did he go right after that? To the wilderness, right, into the, right to where Satan was. What, what was he doing in the wilderness? He was being prepared. John the Baptist himself, he had, like, it was amazing ministry. One year. They say his ministry was one year. Where was he before that? He was like way deep in the desert in Israel, like way south, just, just as, an, as a scene, as, as a, uh, the, the sect he was involved in, they say was called the Essenes. This is from the historical writings, that he was in the scene, which means that he just spent so much time just in the desert being prepared. Paul was studying under, under Pharisees. I mean, he was learning all this Torah, Torah, Torah. What was happening? He was being prepared for his ministry. Elisha sat at the feet of Elijah. What was he? Was it a waste? No, he was being prepared. Moses you know how long, Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses our teacher, Moshe Rabbeinu. You know when Moses was actually Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses our teacher? 80 to 120. 80 to 120. Anybody feel like, why hasn't God used me yet? 80 to 120. What was he doing for the first 80 years? Being prepared. What was Joshua doing as he had to sit at the feet of Moses for all those 40 years in the desert? He was being prepared. God is preparing you in the stillness for where he is bringing you to. And God is faithful to blow that trumpet sound in the way where you will identify it's time to move. And he may not tell you where you're going because this is a walk of faith. But he's faithful to blow that trumpet at his time. I mean, I've shared like, okay, I'm a project manager in Citizens Bank now, and I've shared like I'm, I'm actually doing really well there. They actually like me there <laughs> in a different way than Susie likes me. But they actually think I'm, I'm doing a good job. Well, before Citizens Bank, I worked at another company, Pfizer Pharmaceuticals, for 11 years, and I stunk at it at the same job. I was a project manager there, and I didn't know what I was doing. My reviews were terrible, and after 11 years of working like 15-hour days, they finally fired my behind. Thank God. And it, this is a, it was an amazing thing. I was terrible at it because I was never trained in this. So like, like, I was always a computer programmer, and a computer programmer combined with an introverted personality was a perfect match. Because all I needed to do was go to my cubicle, and I liked it. And then I, then I, then I had to work for Pfizer because they bought my other company, and they put me into this thing called project management. I had no idea what I was doing. I was terrible at it. I mean, really terrible at it. I was not Superman there in any capacity. And when they finally fired me, I was like, you know what? Thank God they fired me. I am going back to computer programming. I am going back to what I know I could do well. So I started to look for a job in computer programming. But everything just kind of fell. It wasn't able to get, to get a job. And then I started looking at other jobs in project management, which, again, I failed at at Pfizer for 11 years. Failed. Lied my tail off on my resume of how great I am at it. Got the job. Now, I'm in this job, and all of a sudden, they're saying, okay, do this. And all of a sudden, something went in my head. I know how to do that. I remember that at Pfizer. So I started to do this, and they were like, whoa, that was really great. Can you do this? And I was like, yeah, I remember that. I remember doing that at Pfizer. 
all the things that I failed at at my first job, all of a sudden, I'm excelling at at this job. I, I can't explain it other than that that whole time was not a failure. It was preparation for where he's bringing me to today. And today is preparation for where he's bringing me and you to tomorrow. I remember the time when Susie and I were, Superman and Lois were, um, we were doing the, uh, the messianic music thing, you know, where Susie has a couple of CDs out. No, Barbara, I forgot to bring them again. So, uh, yes, Susie will text me right now. There you go, perfect. So Susie and I, you know, Susie has a couple of CDs out, and then she, it, they started to become a little popular, so messianic congregations around the country were inviting us to go and play. And um, so we used to go traveling around, and at the, the height of it, like pretty much every other weekend, we're out somewhere in some state or country ministering in music. And the weird thing was, some, sometimes, not often, but sometimes people would come to me and say, okay, so Susie's a messianic, you know, she's the one doing all the songwriting, and she's doing all the singing. Well, what about you? So I used to say, hey, I carry a mean guitar. Because, like, I, just, I didn't mind my, my role as just kind of being her, her, um, her roadie. Gopher? <laughs> like, I didn't mind being Susie's roadie. It, it, it had no problem with it. Like, I would go with her and travel, and, and you know, I, I didn't have a problem with it. But sometimes people would go, like, okay, what's your calling in your life? My calling is to carry her guitar and make sure she's comfortable because she does not like being up there alone, so she likes me to play keyboard, so I'm just going to play keyboard for her. That's my calling. I don't know what problem you have in thinking that's not it, but that's it. But through our years of doing this, we got into this groove where Susie did a, like the majority of the singing, and all of a sudden like I would do this little bit of like talking from the microphone. You know, and she didn't do as much talking, but she would do more of the singing, obviously. She wrote the songs, and I would do some talking. Little... <laughs> What's so funny? Oh, okay. <laughs> Laughing is contagious. So, so, I, so I used to be on the microphone doing, like, a little bit of, like, mini preaching. You know, just a minute here, whatever it was. But now, looking back, I recognize that that was preparation for me being a rabbi. I didn't know what he was doing back then, but I know now that it was preparation. So in times that you're like, what is going on? What is my calling in life? You are being prepared exactly where you are. What has happened in the past at Mishkan David is preparation for what is happening today, and what is happening today at Mishkan David is preparation for where he's bringing us next. Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. And may those that hate you flee from before you. It was so funny because the children of Israel, they were not even allowed to move until they said that. Like we say that now in our Torah liturgies, you know? Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. Kuma Adonai. It's, 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 it's spoken in Jewish synagogues all throughout the world every Saturday, including this congregation, that same prayer. But I tell you, for the children of Israel in the wilderness, that wasn't just like liturgy. That was battle cry. When they said, arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered, and may those that hate you flee from before your face, that wasn't just a prayer. That was a declaration into the atmosphere, into the spiritual realm, 
saying, Arise, O Lord, let your enemies, spiritual enemies, be scattered. May those that hate you spiritually flee. That is speaking into the atmosphere, saying God is now getting on the move. Anything that is looking to come in the way of God, get out of the way. That is what that prayer is. And guess what? It is our inheritance to even say that in our lives. So when we feel that God may be taking us from this place of rest and we're hearing that trumpet sound and it's time to move, we could say, because it's our heritage and our, our Hebrew heritage, to say, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. And may those that hate you flee from before you. Hallelujah. So it is not stagnation. It is preparation. And isn't that what the walk of faith is anyway? Isn't that what the walk of faith is anyway? It's being where you are and knowing that he's taking you somewhere, even if you can't fully see where he's taking you. Faith comes by hearing. So I'll speak it over you right now so you can hear it. You are being prepared. Your marriage is being prepared. Oh, I don't see fruit in my marriage. You're being prepared. Oh, my sons and daughters are walking away from the Lord. They are being prepared. I don't know where God is taking me in my life. You are being prepared. And we can praise him right where we are. Hallelujah. We can praise him right where we are. We can praise the God who was. We can praise the God who is. We can praise the God who is to come. We don't need to wait for the fulfillment. Come on, we don't need to wait for the fulfillment. We could pray, we could praise him knowing he is taking us somewhere. We could praise him for where he is going to take us. Even if we don't have full vision of where he's taking us, which is perfectly fine, we can praise him for that in advance. In advance. So, Father, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you, Lord. We praise you. We praise you for what you've taken us out of. You know, sometimes we forget. It says in the Psalms, forget not his benefits. That means we forget where he took us from. We forget, God, that we are where we are because you have delivered us. You have delivered us. You have come down with your mighty hand and outstretched arm, and you have brought us out of slavery into liberty and freedom. And we get complacent, Adonai, because we just, we're like, where are you taking us? Where are you taking I feel like a, I haven't moved. Well, this Torah portion teaches us that the cloud can stay over the tabernacle for, it says, a day, a couple days, a couple weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years. It's all up to Adonai. It's all up to Adonai. But every step that he's taking you from, every step he's going to do, is all part of this beautiful, holy journey that he uniquely has you on. In Yeshua's name, enjoy the ride. It's yours from him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.